Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Randy Couture. If you're out there looking for a great sports podcast, go check out Big Mouth Small Words. What up, guys? It's Johnson Say, and I just want to give a shout-out to the Big Mouth Small Words podcast in Boston. Thank you guys for your dedication and support. Go Pets. Hey, it's Big Jim from 98.5 The Sports Hub, and I love listening to Big Mouth Small Words. Check them out at Big Mouth Small Words Podcast. Big Mouth Small Words Sports Talk. We back, baby. Another episode. Let's go. Mm, let us go. Welcome once again, everybody, to Big Mouth Small Words, the most must-hear podcast for all things sports. I got to tell you guys, this is exciting. I, uh, I made a website, so now if you want the YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, I even have a blog now, which we will get into. You can get it all on one site. It is bigmouthsmallwords.com. That's right. It's not even a .net. It's a .com. No one else had it. I have it now. It's mine. I own it. I'm excited, and I'm ready to take this all to the next level, not just me doing podcasts, which I love to do, and I thank you for all the support I've already gotten, but my friend Colin told me that I should do a blog, and... I at first was thinking there's no way in hell (laughs) because I don't like to write things out and I, no offense, I'm just not very nerdy and I just, you know, I like to talk about things. I don't like to write about things. But once I got into it and kind of realized that I could blog a couple of, uh, a couple paragraphs and then show you a GIF or show you a video or I I broke it up and I I actually kind of like the way that I do the blogs. If you haven't checked them out yet, I think you should. Honestly, it's about five minutes out of your day. I'm I'm not going to take up much of your time, but I think you'll get a laugh. And I think that you might even learn something. So I think you should check that out. The good old blog from Big Mouth Small Words. And uh, I'm excited for this brand to take off, man. It's, it's, uh, It's certainly an exciting time. But there's a lot of topics what am I going to talk about now? I'm going to have to start off with the NHL because my phone is starting to go insane. Telling me, sorry, I'm reading, telling me that Gary Bettman has said that it is for sure happening. The 2014 playoff, two hub cities, the NHL is back no matter what. Now, this is saying to me that the regular season is done. And I am proofreading this very quickly. Yes, the regular season is done. There will be no five-game regular season with all that jumble that was kind of hard to understand anyway. So the 24 teams return based on their point percentage. And it's going to be in two hub cities. And each team is limited to 50 personnel in hub city. Which would mean that the matchups... So who we got with the bye weeks here? I'm sorry. I'm doing this off the cuff. So with the return of play, the Eastern Conference, Boston's going to be the one seed, Tampa's the two, Washington's the three, and Philly is the four. And then the other team with buys in the Western Conference would be St. Louis at one, Colorado at two, Las Vegas at three, and Dallas at four. And from what I am gathering reading this, it is saying to me that this is not just going to go off of, for instance, with the Bruins fans here, you've got 
number five Pittsburgh against number 12 Montreal. Even if Montreal wins, they're the 12 seed. I originally was afraid of us playing them, but it looks like that's not happening. They're doing this division-wise. So no matter what, as the one seed, we would play the eight or the nine seed now. So the winner of the Toronto Maple Leafs Columbus series in the best of five qualifying round is going to play the Bruins. Wow, dude, hockey. So, hey, let's just let's just take a win when we can get a win, okay? So hockey is back. That's awesome. That is fantastic. I can't wait. So the Bruins, so the Bruins are the president's trophy winners. I don't, uh, that doesn't usually fare well for the team that gets that. So that's not great. Uh, but you know what? Hey, we did it. So victory, right? Victory. All right. We'll use the victory sound because we did stuff. So the Bruins, so the, the training camp's going to come back. They're going to do a three week training camp period in June. And then by July, no sooner than July, we're going to get some freaking hockey. I'm very excited. That's awesome. So we have that to look forward to. On top of that, I watched golf over the weekend, which is something I never thought that I would do because why would I do that? But it was Phil Mickelson versus Tiger Woods. And then to spice things up, they were like, we're going to add Tom Brady and Peyton Manning legitimately, I didn't watch it from the absolute start, but actually, I think I did. Wow. There was definitely some consumption of food in between. Maybe I missed a little bit, but I uh, I remember seeing Peyton Manning immediately, and he just starts trash-talking Brady. He's just landing jab after jab. He's saying, you know, you got Gronk to leave the Patriots and go to Tampa Bay and he's just insulting the crap out of him. And he's saying, you know, if I was going to get a caddy, I would uh, have Eli Manning or Nick Foles. And I'm like, dude, he's just absolutely torching Brady. Brady turns around at the Nick Foles comment. And he's, you could see he got to him a little tiny bit. Then he brought up Belichick. And he said, if I could really have any caddy I wanted, I'd take Belichick. So you know that Brady's been just losing his mind about Belichick for years with Manning, and he just uses that. Manning is hilarious. He's really good. I'd play the audio from that, but it was raining so hard that it sounds so trashy. But all in all, it's not like it was great golf, and I'm not going to just talk about golf this whole time, but it was, honestly, the event was pretty fun to watch. Um, Social media went insane. Tom Brady went to take a ball out of the hole, and his pants ripped like right out of SpongeBob. It was hilarious. Tom Brady was so bad like I don't even know how to golf and I feel like I could have done some of the things that he was doing with all of this hate that Tom Brady's getting Charles Barkley starts digging into him and running his mouth and I'm gonna play you this little clip because it really honest to God it made me laugh out loud this this is really funny chat come on man I'm gonna give you some shots man I want some of you got the turn on don't worry it ain't over yet Oh, yeah. oh, get oh, it no. yeah. oh, my goodness. Oh, you made it. <laughs> wow. Oh. Wow. Hey, hey, yeah. hey, hey. Hey, man. Check. I got that's all through. Shut your mouth, Chuck. Oh, Real. <laughs> Take a little of that medicine. He said, shut your mouth, Chuck. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. Um, at the end of the day, Manning and Tiger Woods won, which why wouldn't they? I know that they golf all the time together and it was Tiger Woods freaking course. So you would assume that would happen. 
One thing I did figure out that I did not know is what a legend Phil Mickelson is. I have seen like clips on Barstool at certain points of him like doing stupid stuff, but he posted a thing before the match that was he's talking about his calves and about how great his calves are. He's talking about hitting bombs. He's talking about hit lasers. He was just talking so much trash. And I thought he was hilarious. I loved it. I loved everything about it, man. So the golfing stuff was good. I think if you haven't gotten a chance yet, you should check out. I'm going to shamelessly promote myself. BigMouthSmallWords.com. Go. It's, it's an article that says, I was so bored today that I watched NFL players golf. And I'm not going to lie. It was awesome. It's a pretty good read. It's a short read. It's pretty. It's fantastic. Check it out. Now, I go over the golf. We went over the NHL. Where are we going now? I'm going to bring up this MMA goat talk that I've been seeing everywhere. So Conor McGregor tweeted a few nights ago that he was going to throw up his five greatest of all time MMA guys. And his list... And I'm going to have to read this here. So he puts it as goat thread. He puts Anderson Silva as one. He puts himself as two. He puts GSP as three. He puts John Jones at four. And to be honest with you, I don't, I don't see a fifth. And I'm not, I'm not going to scroll for the rest of my life. So, <laughs> so he had Anderson Silva as number one. He said the array of finishes across two divisions with champion status in one. Anderson Silva is number one MMA GOAT. My array of finishes across three divisions with a champion status in two is the reason that I'm two, if not tied for first. However, I'm still active, so number one is fully secured by the end of my career. Easily. He says, easily this man. Whoa. Now, if I'm going to say for my own list, Anderson Silva, I do believe is one. Reasoning for that is because the dude, it didn't matter. He, If you want to talk about dominance in MMA, I think he was the most dominant fighter that ever existed. Like, I think prime Anderson Silva beats almost anyone else's prime. He was like a demigod. The way that he moved, like people weren't ready for what he was bringing to the table and you didn't know what he was going to do. It's not like one of these guys that's like a superior wrestler and you know, like this guy's coming in to wrestle me. Anderson had pretty good submissions. He had phenomenal stand-up. He could kick you like with Vitor Belfort. Front kicked him in the face. I remember when he fought Chris Lieben for the first time and Lieben, you know this dude. He Chris Lieben was... On the Ultimate Fighter, he was super tough. He could take punishment. The dude was cracking bottles over his head. And then Anderson comes in, eight shots. Eight shots, he's down, and he's knocked out. TKO'd. I'm like, are you kidding me? What is that? And he just was so dominant. I mean, Anderson Silva was just unbelievable. So... I agree with this pick for him to be at number one. Number two, to be Conor McGregor? It's possible. I just am not ready to say that yet. Now, Connor has for sure made his mark in the fight game. 
He's done great things. He's definitely going to be known at the end of the day as one of the best to ever do it. But, I mean, Anderson Silva in his prime couldn't lose. He went seven years and 16 fights without a loss. I'm not going to trash on McGregor. He has gone up in weight, down in weight, and he's got championships galore. He's on his way for sure. And he's definitely going to be on the Mount Rushmore at the end, at the end of all of it. But like I watched Conor McGregor in his prime lose to Nate Diaz. Anderson Silva in his prime wasn't losing to anybody. The biggest risk he had Anderson was Chael Sonnen and he got his ass kicked for four and a half rounds and pulled off a triangle and won. So Anderson is solidified as number one to me. Number two and I think people are, for me, I don't think people are going to like my list here. So you know what? I'm going to wait on my list, and I'm just going to go with what McGregor said. So Conor McGregor has himself at two. He has GSP at three. I, GSP. He just got into the Hall of Fame, the UFC Hall of Fame. I just can't put GSP at number three as that high. I know that the dude held the belt for 2,204 days. He defended the title nine consecutive times. I understand. But listen, and this is not a popular opinion, I look at him as a shitty version of Chael Sonnen. Not meaning that fighting-wise. Fighting-wise, he was superior. I mean, GSP could take people down and ground and pound and do that all day long. But I never gave a crap. I never cared, man. I didn't want to watch him hump dudes every night. Like, ah, God. I really, honest to God. So in Connor's description, he said GSP is number three. Much less array of finishes, but champion status. He is far behind, though. Reasons equal. Left 170 after much damage was taken and a questionable decision. What he means by that is when he fought Johnny uh, Hendricks. He should have lost that fight, but he won. Never re-engaged at 170. Then he basically trashed on him for beating Bisbing. But beating Bisbing is good. Now, I just, with GSP, to me, he picked his fights and he laid and prayed at times. He vacated the title on numerous occasions. He's just not a top three guy to me. To me personally, I, I always found myself pumped for the UFC fights only to realize at the last second that he's going to be on the card at the end and I'm just going to have to wait for snuggle time to be over. So he just really did nothing for me as long. And I respect him as a fighter. He is definitely um, a top five dude. I just, ah, I don't know. I can't put him there. Then McGregor goes on to say that Jones is four. John Jones, maybe tied at three, more array of finishes. He's still active, but champion status. Uh, reasons equal multiple lackluster decision performances and questionable decision win. Attempting to stay safe at like not going to the heavyweight division, avoiding its champion. He's right about that. He's right about that. You look at it. From just a standpoint of John Jones, I believe he's 26 1 and 1, and one of his losses was just he hit him with technical illegal elbows, which he didn't really, and he pissed hot against Daniel Cormier, so that's a no contest. Jones could have been the best of all time, but to me, I know I don't I don't have a popular opinion, but he just 
he was another guy that picked fights. He he uses his reach. Like, he didn't want to fight heavyweight where it would be like he would fight a guy that's as big as him because look at the guys. When he fought guys that were as big as him, he almost lost. Alexander Gustafson, Reyes, like any of those guys that were as big as him gave him huge problems. He's beaten up on like Cormier, who is a foot shorter than him. He's beating up on on guys that he has a huge reach and a, a distinct advantage, or he just beat up guys that were past their prime, like Shogun, like Rampage, like Rashad. So listen, he did his job. He won his fights. I'm just not super impressed with him over overall. But you can't, listen, he's never really lost a fight, so you can't hate on him that much. I will say very quickly to all the John Jones fans out there, if he fights Francis Ngannou, he's going to get smoked. He is going to be out of that fight faster than when he's fleeing a crime scene, which is all the freaking time for that guy. He is toasted. He's not going to take the fight because he's scared. Because guess what Francis Ngannou is, Jones? He's a bigger version of you. Are you a more technical striker? Yes. You are a technical striker. He will punch you into another planet. Shut your mouth. You suck. Okay. So, anyway. At the end of all of this, if you think about the MMA goats and all that, there's no wrong answer. You, who is the true goat? And how do you even, my list is going to be predicated, by the way, not on, like, who's the Mount Rushmore? Because that would change my list. Because if it's the Mount Rushmore, you're going to have a guy like Chuck Liddell. You're going to have a guy like Fedor Emelianenko because of the impact they had on building the sport and building the brand. I'm just going off of greatest of all time as far as your, like your skill. Were you the dominant one? Were you who as a fighter did the most? My list is number one is Anderson Silva. Number two is, is, is it Connor? Is it John Jones? Is it GSP? No. It's number two is Daniel Cormier. I know, and I've been getting a lot of hate on that pick. All the people hit me up on the blog telling me I'm an idiot, and all I did was send them a gif of Daniel Cormier twerking with Hostess Cupcakes <laughs> because at the end of the day, Daniel Cormier, listen, he beat everybody that wasn't named John Jones. He never got popped for PEDs. He never pissed hot. He's 22 and two. He beat arguably the best heavyweight champion in UFC history in Stripe Miocic. And at the end of the day, as time moves on, fighters get better. Skills become more defined. Like, these are the best fighters now than there have ever been. As you get older, as time goes on, you get better. The skills like there's more to learn about jujitsu. There's more to learn about judo. There's more to learn about technical striking. The coaches get better. The fighters are better. So this is the best product that you've ever seen. And it will be in five years and it will be in 10 years. And Daniel Cormier, when you look at his list of who he beat, he beat Alexander Gustafson. He beat Anthony Rumble Johnson. He beat Anderson Silva. He beat Roy Nelson. He beat Dan Henderson, Josh Barnett, Derek Lewis, all top Guys, and as I said, he beat Stripe Miocic for the heavyweight title, two divisions, two championships. And if he didn't lose to a roided-up John Jones, you'd probably agree with what I'm saying to you right now. <laughs> I'll just say that. But, uh, yeah, so back to my list. Anderson Silva at one, Daniel Cormier at two, Conor McGregor at three, 
John Jones at four, and GSP at five. I really, really didn't want to put GSP in this top five, but I had to. This this list that I made, there was nothing I could do about it. You know, Anderson had to be up there. Cormier for all the reasons I gave you. Conor McGregor, you can love him, you can hate him, and I, I, I can't say that he was the most dominant guy, but look at what he did. I mean... He beat Eddie Alvarez and he won and he won the he won the belt. He beat Jose Aldo who legitimately couldn't lose. He beat such top level competition and he lost and beat. It's just but Connor still got a ways to go. I I know that he's 3 on my list and I think he could definitely be higher on that list if he figures it out. John Jones, what can you say? 26 1 and 1. The dude's a beast. I have to put him in the top five, even though the PEDs and all that. GSP, when he's not rubbing Vaseline all over himself like he did in the BJ Penn fight <laughs> and ruining my life by snuggling everybody, he, you just look at the numbers. You look at the numbers with GSP, nine consecutive title defenses, and you, ha- you can't hate on that. I wanted Matt Hughes or I wanted fedor emelianenko i was so close to sneaking them in the top five but those are my top five goats of mma of all time yeah so we did the golf talk i let you know about everything we did the nhl we just did the mma i think we're good this might be a short one but i think that we did it Now, there is much more to come with this brand. I'm very excited. I already said in the beginning, but I'm going to say it again. BigMouthSmallWords.com. It shows you everything that you need. I'm hoping that we can keep building this brand. I'm glad with all the feedback that you guys have been giving me. It really, really, I I can't tell you from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate it so much all the support that you've given me, and I'm going to give it back to you, trust me, with content. I'm going to give you back the content that you need, that you crave, and that you deserve. So, lastly to end this, now that the NHL is officially going to come back, I will be doing a contest of all contests. I'm not going to tell you what it is, (laughs) but it's very simple. Anyone can do it and make sure Make damn sure that you follow BigMouthSmallWords.com and you check the Instagram at BigMouthSmallWordsPodcast because I'm going to be having some updates and we're going to get it going. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Check the YouTube. Check Spotify. Check Instagram. Check Facebook. Check Twitter. We got it all for you. Thank you so much. I love you all. Stay safe.